0: Welcome to the Harvest Seymour podcast. Come check us out and see how God is moving in this community. If you would like to know more, check out our Facebook page or you can visit us at hcfseymour.org. Have a wonderful day. Are you enjoying, How? Uh, those of you who are fasting, are you enjoying the fast? Yes. yes. How many of you are Are have experienced not just hungry but hangry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, get get a little bit of that hangry going on, and um, and so, but uh, that's that's normal. But we're contending for some things in prayer, amen. And so, uh, and what we've been contending for, really, first of all, it, Lord Jesus, increase my passion for Jesus. I want to know you more. That's always a great thing to be praying for. Secondly. The second thing that we've been asking for is to restore hearts back to the Father. Every heart, if it has breath in it, where it belongs is in the embrace of the Father. Amen. Amen. And so then thirdly is the healing in heart-to-heart relationships, that if you have a relationship, a heart-to-heart relationship, dear God, let there be healing there. Amen? Amen. And then, of course, we've been having personal requests that you lift up. This is a great time if you have something going on in your life that you need to see, that you'd like to see a breakthrough in. This is a perfect time to do that. One of the things that we've been doing that I wanted to share just briefly about is um, Monday through Friday from 12 to 2 o'clock every day, we've been doing what we call Open Chapel. And in Open Chapel, people are just allowed to come and go as they like, but to offer prayers to the Lord to to intercede, and so this this whole time for the past two weeks, um, this room has been wide open during that time frame. During that time frame, as of this point, we have had logged over 100 hours of prayer during that time. And, and what I mean by that, there's been different individuals. You put all those individuals' prayer, prayer hours together. There's been over 100. Now, here's the deal. I know others are praying and that aren't a part of, of that particular group. You're praying at home or you're, you're going out into the tractor. Or you're doing whatever and praying. I'm going to tell you something. If you don't, if you don't feel the spiritual momentum picking up here, uh, you can now. Amen. Yeah. And so and what, what's really cool, though, because as a pastor, I get privy to a lot of stuff going on. Okay, people tell me stuff, right? Good stuff. Uh, the bad stuff I usually don't find out till later. But, uh, but, but here, here's what I'll say: I have been, had the opportunity to witness prayers being had, and then a day later, them being answered. I mean, like there's a a, a bunch of them like that. I've seen prayers being answered this past couple of weeks within hours. I've seen I've seen people uh praying over here for an individual and I find out later they're getting ministered to at that exact same time. And so and so I want to tell you something prayer really works. Prayer really changes things. I mean and if you're a Christ follower if you believe in Jesus then you must know the power of prayer. Amen. And so there's just been a lot of things going on that just been so excited about and and uh, matter of fact, we're so excited that we're looking for ways to keep this prayer time going. It probably won't run as long, but uh, but we are looking at ways just because, man, we have just seen tons of breakthrough. Amen. And so this morning, I want to kind of continue on in some of the same vein, but uh, I really believe that this is just a, a fresh word from the Lord today, and uh, and I think uh, it's going to impact us in multiple ways. Amen. And The title of today's sermon is The Abundance of Christ, and so you can turn in your Bible to John chapter 10, and I'm going to be primarily reading from John 10, but as you're turning there, I'm just going to go to him in prayer. Jesus, I thank you for being here. And I thank you for every wonderful person that is in here. Every person that's in here, Lord, that you just want to have a relationship with. And Lord, it's so amazing, Lord, how you are able to have a personal relationship with all of us. It's mind-boggling, Jesus, what you are able to do. And so, Lord Jesus, have your way this morning. Have your way in us and through us, Lord. Lord Jesus, just want to give you the reins right now and it's in Christ's name that we pray. amen. So the abundance of Christ and so whenever well, let me just read the scripture let me go to the scripture first John 10:10 10, 10. the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Many times when preachers or leaders or really anybody starts trying to describe the abundant life in Christ, a lot of times it takes us to a place of talking about stuff. We'll start talking about things like money. We'll start talking about things like your well-being, your health. We'll start talking about blessings. We'll start talking about relationships. And unintentionally, in trying to speak of the abundant life in Jesus, we end up describing stuff. And it's so easy to talk about the blessing and not the blesser. It's easy to talk about the healing and not the healer. And not really speaking of Jesus. Matter of fact, it's easy to talk about the kingdom without talking about the king of this kingdom. But healing and and, and money and blessings and all of those good stuff is good. Amen? Matter of fact, sign me up, Lord. Can we be honest about those things? I mean, really. But if healing, money, and blessing never came, he would still be Lord. Thankfully, though, you can't really get close to him without him being good to you. Why? Because that is just who he is. And it's really there, I think, in many ways to help us to see Jesus. It's his nature, honestly, to fill our life with abundance, and, and, and that abundance a lot of times is revealed as favor and blessing and all of these things. While all of those things are wonderful and wanted, what if I told you there was something even more wonderful and meaningful beyond all that? So, so wonderful, in fact, that three fishermen were willing to walk away from their life as fishermen to follow some guy. I mean, they had actually just got blessed with a ton of fish. They had a whole load of them, a net full of them. But what did they do? They left it. To follow someone. Something so wonderful that men and women of faith for centuries have been willing to lose their life for it. The fastest growing church in the world right now is the underground church of Iran. And Iran's been in the news a lot lately, hadn't it? But the fastest growing church, underground church in the world right now is the church of Iran. People are coming to Christ by the droves. And you know what? It's led primarily, and now this may throw some of you for a loop, but it's led primarily by women right now. Now here's what the ladies face there in that culture, that if they are found out, they are raped, pillaged, murdered, and possibly their family be murdered as well. That is the risk that they run, declaring Jesus as Lord. How does that group of people define the abundant life? I don't even think stuff even enters into the equation. But they found something so meaningful and so abundant that they are willing to risk their life for it. While favor and blessings and all these things are wonderful, is that really the abundant life? Let's read this scripture again, John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The enemy's strategy in your life is to bring us to absolute poverty. Spiritual poverty, physical poverty. Emotional poverty, mental poverty, relational poverty, natural poverty, every facet of your life, Satan's goal is to bring you to absolute poverty. Broken at every level. His goal is to put all that you are, all that you have, all that you love, everything you touch, is to his goal is to put it into the absolute dirt to bring total corruption to your life, complete and utter poverty. There is nothing in your life that he does not want to destroy. And by the way, he does not play fair. Scripture decide, uh, describes Satan as the father of all lies. And one of his favorite lies, his biggest strategy in all of his deception is revealed in the Garden of Eden. It's this strategy called lack. Lack. All Satan had to do in the Garden was create a moment of questioning God. So he goes to Eve and he says, Did God really say Did God really say in the moment that you ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that you would die? Did he say that? No, actually, Eve, you're not going to die. Here's what's going to happen. See, God knows in the moment that you eat of that tree that you will know good and evil and you'll be like him. Eve, he's been holding out on you this entire time. And then it looked really good. But what was the truth in that moment? Because all, all, all Satan did was just create a, a question that she didn't even have. She wasn't asking that question. She was living in abundance. See, their life lacked nothing. Matter of fact, complete and total abundance was at their fingertips. Including the manifest presence of God. I mean, come on. They could hear the sound of him walking through the cool of the day. They had absolutely everything. But Satan lied to them stole from them, destroyed them, and then they came to faith in his lie of poverty. They walked away from the abundant one and into the never-ending curse and cycle of lack. Now I want to, you can keep your finger there in John 10, but I'm going to read something out of 1 Corinthians 3. The church at Corinth was really the poster child for this kind of thinking, this kind of lack mentality. I mean, they were filled with competition, jealousy. There is the haves and the have-nots, right? Positioning and posturing and posing. They were doing all of those things. They, you know, competition and posing, you know, it's things that we do when we think we lack. Don't we do that? Now, check this out. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21. This is Paul talking to him. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. This is say all things. Can you say all things? All things are yours. Are yours. All, things all things are mine, are mine. because, because I'm, in Jesus. I'm in Jesus. Do you see that now? God, God is holding out on you. Why? Because he's given us Christ. I don't care what your bank account says. I don't care what the doctor says. If you have Christ, you have it all. Nothing more and nothing less. How could it ever be less if we have Christ? He did not withhold his own son. This world, this life, death, our present, our future, it's all ours because we're Christ's. If I lack this in my past, if I only had a better start in life, you know, things would be different. I wouldn't be so bummed out all the time. You know, I lack in this world if only I got that job that I applied for. Things would be so much better. You know, I lack this in my present. If only I could find the right man. If only I could find the right woman. You know, you see what I'm saying? My future lacks if only I had. And we have these mind games that plague us, that lead us to the place that, God, you're holding out on me. God, you're not good. What does the church in Iran say? All is yours because you are Christ's. And if you have Christ, you have everything. You have everything that's of eternal value. If you have Christ I want to go back to John chapter 10 And Jesus talks of sheep And shepherds and doors and thieves But as we get ready to read Jesus Is the shepherd Jesus is the door And we the sheep Right So let's start right here in verse 1 Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as the thief and a robber. So whatever and whoever that enters your life that doesn't come through Jesus is a thief. Verse 2. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And he brings out his own sheep. He goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration but spoke but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Jesus is the door and Jesus is the shepherd. And you're like, Jesus opens the door to himself to come into our life? Yes. See, whenever Scripture says that Jesus is our all in all and that he is the door, that he is is our shepherd, he really is all over your life. He is the abundant one. He doesn't ever run out. He is the good shepherd and he is the door. And our shepherd, he calls us by name. Man, I tell you what, it is no accident you were named what you were named. He calls you by name. And just like those three fishermen who who responded to a voice and didn't know where they were going, we too, like sheep, we get up and we go. We don't know where we're going, but we're following a voice and we're trusting that He's going before us. He knows your name. He doesn't just know your email address. He doesn't just know that you live at 76380. He knows your name. He knows your story. He knows every hair on your head. He knows. Guys, he's alive. He's the living God. He is here. He is now. He is intimately acquainted with every element of your story. He is the abundant one. And then it goes on to say, he, in, later in verse 9, you'll see this language that he leads us in out and he leads us in. And he leads us out to green pastures and he leads us in. What, what is that a, a picture of? This is the way I like to think about it. You know what corrals are, right? He leads us into the Father's corral, into his embrace. And then he leads us out into green pastures to nourish our lives and to fill our lives, but then he leads us back into the Father's embrace. So we go, it's like out into the field for green pastures, for nourishment and sustenance, and back into the Father's embrace. He leads us in and he leads us out. King Solomon spoke this way a lot. He's like, he, he goes like, Lord, I, I need your help. I don't know how to go in or go, come in or go out like a king. In other words, I don't know how to do life as a king. And see, our chief shepherd, Jesus, he's gonna, he wants to be Lord in our life, out into the green pastures, Lord in our life, coming into the Father's embrace. He wants to be intimately involved with us doing life as sons and daughters of a king. Verse 7, And Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I'm the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. Only Jesus is Lord. There are no other gods before him. Only Jesus is Lord. But the sheep did not hear them. Verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes not; does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Whoever comes through the door will be saved. Whoever comes through the door will be saved, healed, set free, made whole. I remember the first time I ever heard of the idea of saved. I was about nine years old, and my sister had gone off to church camp, Falls Creek church camp, and she came home, and I just knew everybody was crying because she'd been saved. And I was just going, Was she in danger? I mean like did someone you know I mean like rescue her was she drowning in the pool I mean what was going on I mean I I mean I just had questions I just didn't know you know and so but here's the here's the truth she was in danger a matter of fact until Jesus becomes our lord we are all in danger Danger of living life completely separate from God. And it's easy to think, you know, I'm a good person. I do a lot of good things. Surely, I'm in. But the truth of the matter is, is it only takes one sin to separate us fully from God. Which puts us all in a place... Of needing Jesus as our Savior. Good deeds don't get you in. Good behavior doesn't get you in. Showing up at church doesn't get you in. Volunteering doesn't get you in. None of that gets you in. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. there is a world in need of Jesus getting saved is a lot like getting married to God he will never divorce you and you don't ever have to remarry him and you can't mess it up see man man says i do with the ring But the Father says, I did with the cross. Man puts a ring on a finger as a sign of a covenant. But God puts his spirit in your heart as a sign of covenant. Therefore, your relationship with Jesus becomes the most important relationship of your life. So the question is, is what must I do then to be saved? What must I do to be saved? And these things will be on the screen, but I just want to talk through these real quick. This is not meant to be a recipe, but it is meant to provide clarity. The first thing is, in order to be saved, first of all, you must acknowledge you've sinned against God and you need his forgiveness. See, how many of you Christians know that even after you've been saved, we still sin? Yeah. It doesn't like it stopped, <laughs> right? And see, sometimes this is where we get, get confused a, a, about what it means to be saved. Because what will happen is, is, is we thought we prayed a prayer, but then I kept living miserable, you know. But but if in your heart you came to faith, you came to covenant, you got married to God, you're held in the Father's grasp, not your ability to perform. Make sense? And so you are safe in the Father's hand. But make no mistake, sin always separates you from God. God's rescue plan was to send Jesus. See, hell is God's plan for Satan, not for you. So the first step is that we have to acknowledge that we've sinned against God and are in need of His forgiveness. And here's the second one. Acknowledge Jesus' death on the cross for your sin. His, his death on the cross was absolutely enough for your sin. You can't, I don't care how many sins you committed. If you're up in the billions, even more, he is able to forgive. And his resurrection from the dead for your new life. So you got to acknowledge the cross for your sin, but the resurrection for your new life. That's why people can be brand new people after they've come to Christ. Like, like, almost like they've never even sinned. That's why, because the power of His resurrection is for your new life. Here's the third thing. To confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. So there's got to be a clear confession, you know, that I'm going to believe in my heart and I confess that He is Lord. So if I confess that He is Lord, that means my heart is ready. I'm surrendering my entire life to Him but you have to acknowledge it with your mouth. And here's the fourth thing that really people don't like, but it's the truth. Confess Jesus before man. Because Jesus says that if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my Father. So you have to confess before man that Jesus is Lord. So how do we do that? Oftentimes, it's we, we come to the front of the church, and we, make a, we confess through our stance. Amen? Yeah. Make sense? That we stand before him, before man, because we are not going to be ashamed of the gospel which we believe in. The fifth one is, is the prayer of repentance to Jesus for sin, and, and acceptance of Jesus as Lord and received by faith a new life in Jesus. And so it's a prayer time which hopefully somebody can lead you through or you can pray yourself. And then here's the, the sixth one, receive the Holy Spirit. Because what happens is, is when you pray that prayer, you just put the ring on and you receive the Holy Spirit. And then what happens, number seven, I'm born again. I'm no longer a sinner. I'm a child of God. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So here's what what I want to do. Let's everybody bow your head and close your eyes. This is not the end of the service, just so you know. But if you are here this morning, and I want you to know, if you don't have that saving relationship with God, you can have it today. That you can know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that Jesus is Lord, and that He's come to dwell in your heart forever. If you are at that place where you go, like you know what, I I need to, I need to acknowledge Jesus as my Lord. I need I need to I need, I need to make that step. I want you, with every head bowed and every eyes closed, I want you just to raise up your hand. If you're, if you're at that place right now that you know, for the first time you want to confess Jesus as your Lord. Now everybody's eyes are still closed. Now I want you to take another step. I want you to stand up. Would you be willing to stand? We got one. One has any more. See, a lot of times we get into these internal do- dialogues with ourselves. You know, I don't know if I have, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I've done it right or whatever. We get all these, hey, let's settle this issue today. Let's settle that issue today. Okay, so here, here's, here's what I want you to do. If you stood up, I want you to walk out this door right over here to the right. Jason, will you stand up? Pastor Jason, right over here. I want you to just walk with him, and you'll go into the office, and you'll sort it out. Okay? Because let's get this sorted out. Let's get this nailed down today. I can't tell you how important it is to have the assurance of salvation. Because if you have questions, you have questions. And you know what? There is no shame in that. You have got to have that set in your heart. And so you can take these seven things and now you know how to lead somebody to Jesus. Amen. So I've got a few more things. Jesus says in John 10, ten I'm going to read it again. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. In fasting what we've been doing this at this season of time we are voluntarily choosing weakness and we are placing ourselves under the shepherd's rod. We're committing not to wander. We're, we're trying to draw near to our shepherd. We're trying to come to the door. We're coming into the brace of the Father. Why? So that we might eat of true food. Taste and eat of real abundance. John 6, 55 says this. This is Jesus talking. For my flesh is food indeed. he who eats this bread will live forever. In fasting, we forego food in order to focus on the true food, on the bread that comes down out of heaven. See, some of us, I think, we've just we had no idea how spiritually starved we have been. See, through the fast, some of us, of all of a sudden, our faith is waking up. Oh my goodness, Jesus is here. He always has been, but (laughs) praise God we're waking up. Some of us are going like, how did I get so disconnected? The enemy's been robbing me blind. I found myself in a place of being spiritually malnourished, but now God's waking me up. Can I just say more Lord to that? Some of us are going deeper than we ever have been. More Lord to that, right? But some of us are just plain hangry. There ain't nothing going on in my fast. I must be doing it wrong. I'm not holding my mouth right when I pray. I don't know. Can I just encourage you a little bit? Daniel didn't get his breakthrough till day 21. And there's a reason why the Bible calls fasting (laughs) morning. There's a reason for it. And sometimes it feels like our prayers are hitting the ceiling and you read the Bible, it's like, it's not making any sense to me. Sometimes we make a sacrifice and we don't see immediate results. Our joy then must be in simply obeying Jesus. But if that's you this morning, and you go like, "Man, I'm just more hangry than I am hungry for Jesus," that this fast has just been whipping my tail. Can we just be honest and just? I just want you to real quickly just slip your hand. Up. It's been whipping my tail. I ain't getting nothing. Okay, I'm gonna pray over you right now. If, they're, if you're sitting next to one of those persons, put your hand on them right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare, God, right now profound connection and revelation Lord we declare God now that the heavens be opened up over them and that any assignment of the enemy that has been formed against them Lord would be broken now in the name of Jesus Lord we declare God right now this the true food which comes down out of heaven Lord would be served up on the platter of our hearts Lord that we've been able to taste and see that the Lord he is good And so, Father, I declare now, Lord, fresh revelation, new wine, Lord. Lord, open eyes, Lord, and able to see, Lord, that all of a sudden, even if you don't understand the Scripture, there will be a hunger for the Scripture. And so, Lord, we declare, God, now new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm getting ready to close. There is an abundance in Jesus. So much abundance that and that it's not only safe but it is right to lay down all of your life to follow Him. He is Lord. There's provision for every element of your life in Jesus. Jesus. All things are yours in Christ. He is our all in all. On January 6, 2019, in the middle of a nervous breakdown, walls closing in, failure, brokenness, and from the counsel of some trusted pastors, I resigned my posi- my ministry position in Lubbock. something I never imagined or saw coming. But with a mortgage and a family to take care of, I pretty quickly went to look for a job. Normally, people actually secure another job before they leave one. But whenever I was saying I was at the end of myself, I was at the end of myself. What I didn't know Was that for the next five months, I was deemed either overqualified, not qualified, or I discovered that people aren't excited about hiring pastors. So, five months of unemployment. Not only was I lacking a job, but I felt lacking on a very deep heart level. Lost a lot of confidence and all I could connect to mentally and emotionally and spiritually was how I was not enough. During that time, someone asked me, so what are you hearing from God? And I said, nothing. But at the same time, I feel like he's holding my hand. God was so faithful during that time. And you know... He was so faithful during that time that not one time did I have to make a withdrawal from my savings account in five months. He provided for my family daily for five months. I don't know if you know that, but that's a long time. But Jesus was proving that he was my daily bread. Abundance was in Jesus that in my poverty, Jesus proved he was rich. And I can't tell you, old brother, I prayed through because I don't think I did. I didn't fast. Matter of fact, I did very much the opposite. I ate a lot. And I didn't do any kind of spiritual backflips, but all I can say to you was that whenever I was in lack, he came to my rescue every day. So when I speak of the abundant life being in Jesus, I mean it. I mean it. Stuff is just a side issue, but the abundance is in Jesus. Abundance is in the Jesus-centered life. But here's 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 the thing. This morning. if you felt like you needed to respond that first time to making Jesus your Lord, or maybe you're not sure of how that really works, I want you to know today that these folks are up here and ready to pray with you if you need to do that. Because here's the deal. If you're not sure, the truth is, is that we are in a dangerous place until we do make Jesus our Lord but it's also a tender and beautiful place that place of surrendering to Jesus for the first time and for real secondly I really believe that as we've gone through like this fasting a physical lack a choosing a physical lack now some of us have, have encountered some spiritual warfare and we're starting to there's things and thoughts that we've had that we wouldn't normally have everything from anger to rejection to you know all kinds of stuff that you wouldn't normally experience what I want you to know is is that's that's spiritual warfare you got to learn to overcome that yes. Yes. because we're beaten on the on the gates of heaven and hell don't like it. And so hell's strategy is to divide you and to separate you and to get you offended and make you feel all rejected when the Father's only trying to bring you into his corral. Right. So be a good sheep and get in the corral. Amen. <laughs> right, but I also think that, man, some of us here are going, like, God, I, just, I need a taste of your abundance today. I really am more connected to lack than I ever have been. I need to connect to you today, Lord. I want to encourage you to receive prayer because God will meet you right there. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I'm going to pray for you. If you're in a place right now where you go, like, I'm just more connected to what I don't have and everything that's going wrong and the wars around me. If I'm just If you're just so connected to that right now, would you lift your hand up? All I want to do is pray for you. I'm not going to make you do anything. You're just connected to lack and the things that are not and wish that were. And so, Father, right now, I just declare, Lord, over these individuals, Lord, that ever, that you silence the voice of the enemy, God. Silence the voice of the enemy, Father. And that, Lord, I just declare, Lord, right now, Lord, that you give us eyes to see, Lord, how you are actually in front of us and you are behind us. And that you are wrapped around all, every bit of our life, Lord. And so, Father, I declare over your people, Lord, that if they have Jesus, they have everything. And are lacking nothing in Jesus. And so, I declare over you, all things are yours because you are Christ's. And so, Father, right now, just to the place that we go to right now in our minds and connecting to lack, Lord. Lord, loose them now, Lord, from that. I declare just a loosing from that. And Lord, bind us, Father, to the abundance of Christ. Bind us to the abundance of Christ. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray today. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed day.